we're back with another episode of the 20-something mom. I have once again my friends Lauren, Tina, and Emily in studio with me. Last week we were talking and we left off on Lauren talking about your relationship with your mom. I want to continue that and unpack Tina's favorite word. Um, I can't like say that without saying that now. Um, kind of just unpack your our relationships, you know, so you want to have the yeah yeah so I feel like when I my whole life I like as a, a teenager does like you turn whatever 12 13 and you start to battle your parents and I felt like I was always battling my mom at the time and I felt like what like I was saying last week like I as the oldest child had to be sneaky had to lie like and I'd get caught lying but every time I got caught lying I got away with like 15 other lies so I always felt like I came out on top of those situations <laughs> <laughs> um but so you won those arguments yeah I, I won those um I was a winner there but no as far as like you know evolving relationships go I feel like our relationship as soon as I went to college changed like I moved away to college I was there um obviously like for the majority of the time I wasn't coming home like too too often and I feel like from there me and my mom became friends and then I went through college as like friends with my mom which was such a positive thing and then moved to North Carolina and then became like best friends with my mom as an adult I feel like when I became an adult I needed my mom more than ever like as a teenager I was just like oh who needs like who needs you like moms like and then as like a a college student you know like you're drinking too much you're partying too much you're this you're that and it was like yeah 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 whatever and then as an adult I was like why aren't you answering my calls like the classic things you see about being what do I get on my sandwich yeah like please (laughs) tell me what kind of cheese do I like you know like the littlest thing so I I feel like you know Going off of what we were talking about last week, I just, I just feel like that relationship evolved from like enemies to, to best friends, and I literally don't know what I would do without her. I feel like as I've grown up, I've matured, and as I've experienced more in life, I've started to see like, okay, like this was never, it, it was always with my best interest at heart. And did my mom and dad go about things the right way all the time? No. Like, did they parent me in the way that I would parent a child today? Like, okay, that's no, what I was just going to ask know, you. But, that's maybe a loaded question, but. What ways were you brought up that you definitely will not carry yeah. through? I want to ask Emily first and okay. we'll go around. Oh, my God. I think – well, so I, like, love my parents to death. I always, like – I mean, they raised four kids. Like, they, we have a nice house. They were always very good to me. But, like, one thing I never want to burden my children with is, like, money problems. And that's, like, a whole other topic that we could totally get into. But, like, I just think – money should never like like you you should never put that on your children and it's not that my parents ever put it on me but like growing up like you know just little things like they would take us out to dinner you know you go out to dinner with your family you like you order stuff like you're not allowed to order specific things you're not allowed to get anything but water like dumb little things but it's like okay but you took us out to dinner like that's it's like confusing for a little kid to be like no no no, you can't I I don't know or just like money fights in front of the kids like stuff like that like I never want my children to even like have to like I want them to understand the value of dollar I want them to work hard like they taught me a lot of values like they didn't hand everything to me I've had to like pay for a lot of things on my own but like I, I, I don't think that you should ever burden your personal finance problems on your children. A kid shouldn't feel insecure about their parents' money. money. Exactly. I guess there, there's... It, a, it, could, it, could, it, it could bring on a sense of insecurity that mm-hmm. a child doesn't know what to do with. But, but with that, too, at the same time, I my parents did a really good job at, like, te- again, teaching us the value of a dollar. My Both my parents are very hard workers. Like, they, they also taught me that, like... You know, money doesn't grow on trees, the saying I've grew mm-hmm. up hearing all the time. Like, you know, you you work for things. You're not just handed things all the time. Like, I didn't grow up spoiled at all. 
I joked earlier about having to share every all my things with my twin sister. Like, I didn't get everything handed to me, and that I think I never want to do that for my children either because yeah. they grow up to be spoiled bitches. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tina? What's like something that you won't? I think the thing that I take away is always looking at the glass half full versus half empty. My growing up, it was always like what we don't have or this is our setback or this is what your dad did instead of being like, this is all the great that we have. This is what we can do. This is what your dad did for you. It was always like a very like pessimistic way of life. And I've definitely made a very big effort to do that in my like adult life is being like, these are all the things I'm really, really grateful for versus all the things I wish I had because you're always going to wish and want more. So what could you do that like in your parenting in the future? Like what will you definitely not do in front of your kids or to your kids or or, (laughs) That's such a good question. I don't honestly like if I, I ask it only because I really want to know, like, how does your childhood impact how you're going to parent? Well, I think going back to that, like thinking about, oh, my God, we only and again, I grew up very poor. So it's kind of like one extreme to the next. Well, I know my kids wealthy area. area. I know my kids aren't going to think like this. Right. But like. Being like, oh, my God, we're going to have mac and cheese and hamburger helper tonight or whatever it was. Instead of my mom would be like, we're going to have mac and cheese and hamburger helper because your dad, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be like, this is so great. Get your ketchup <laughs> out. You're That's like, yeah, so let's good. Like, hot dogs yeah, today. yeah, like making it such an excite- exciting thing. And I think that would be that would be where I would go with that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think of, like, two things. One, I feel like my, my mom, again, I love her. I'm sorry if she ever listens to this. Um, <laughs> she I she was such a yeller. Like, she yelled so, so much. And I try really hard today to not be a yeller. Like, I feel like I try to talk. I would never, if any of you ever upset me, start screaming at you. Yeah. That I'm upset. Like, when I lived with Tina, like, I would never look at her and be like, you didn't wash the dishes when I came home from work. Like, blah, blah, blah. blah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'd be upset about it. I, you know what I mean? Were but you? I'm. I, no, I mean, are we going to unpack something else? Today? Actually, Tina, I think always had unresolved, the dishes cleaned in our unresolved. apartment. I will say that is one thing I'm good at yeah, is dishes. The dishes were done in, in Somerville. Um, but no, I feel like I would never come home and like yell at a roommate or yell at another person equal to me the way that like I feel like you yell at little kids. And I read something one time that was like, if you were to just shame a friend or shame another adult, it's not gonna make them feel better. It's not gonna make them wanna do the right thing. So I try really hard to not yell off the bat. Like, and trust me, if any mom is listening to this with like a toddler or someone like five, six, seven, eight, like they're gonna be like, oh, wait till you start yelling. And like, there's definitely times where I'm, I'm gonna yell and I do yell, but like, I feel like I give a chance, you know, like, and I'm like, listen, like the other day I was like, I'm going to yell at you. Like, I'm going to yell at you really soon if you don't do this or if you don't, you know, like I'm going to get mad. I've given you a couple chances now. Like, so that's like number one. I think it kind of leads into a little bit of patience. Like I try really hard to have patience and I feel like that's really hard as a parent anyways. And then I always felt like I couldn't go to my parents with anything. I didn't feel like I had a relationship Mm. where I could be like, I'm going through this. I'm dealing with this. And I want that with my future and children. I have to ask you all, did you guys ever have a sex talk with your parents? Nope. I got the American Girl doll, like, body book. (gasps) 
<laughs> legit same my grandmother gave it to me and same and that was that's it. that was that's it, it. <laughs> that was Wait, it tell me that it's it legit was... a book oh my god we should okay, buy it for you. it's called like my body or yeah, you see for me because listen I still don't you, you see sexy. the way you my mom to this day i have a baby she does not think i have sex so you see <laughs> to this day it wasn't even a sex talk it's a puberty talk and you see uh, in yeah. the book how hair grows in your pubic areas and your armpits. It was you a see cartoon the way your boobs bush. develop. Yeah. <laughs> cartoon bush. Legit. It was. It was. You see, it's like, it's not even really about sex. I don't think I ever had the sex talk with my parents, but I had like a conversation with my my mom when I wanted to go on birth control. And I was like, I have really bad cramps. I want to go on oh, birth control. And then my mom, but there was no <laughs> questions asked by her. You know, she was like, okay, let's go put you on birth control. Don't tell your dad. Like, and I feel like that was like a, a one of the very few moments in my whole like childhood with my mom that I felt like she had my, my back in that way. Not that, to say that my mom didn't have my back, but I do feel going back to what I said before, like I just felt like I couldn't go to her with things. I felt like she took the other person's side a lot. I felt like she, like, I couldn't be honest with her about what I was doing or what I was going through because I was always afraid I was going to get in trouble for it. Yep. And mm. so, like, I don't want, Interesting. I don't want any of my future children or any children in my life to feel like they're, they can't come to me with things. So what can you do to prevent that? My mom did Without being yeah, immature. So I, so, okay. So I think, like, sorry, <clears throat> I think that what, I try to do now is like when Ava does come to me and she's like, I have something to tell you. I'm like, what so is Ava's it? So Ava's your stepdaughter. Yes. Which I want to talk about on a later episode. Yeah, we'll talk because, about that another yeah. day. But so my boyfriend has a, a six-year-old daughter and so she's with us every weekend and so I'm a, basically a stepmom to her. And so I feel like when she comes to us, she'll be like, can I tell you something? And then she'll tell something she did wrong. And I try not to react to her. I think I almost never react to her in an overreactive way. I'm like, it's okay. You can, you can tell us that. I'm glad you told me. Let's go fix it. Mm -hmm. You spilled something. Let's go fix it. You colored on the wall by accident. Let's go fix it. You know, like, <laughs> what, like yeah, yeah, by accident. Don't you, do that again. Yeah, but but I love that because it's like, it's like it, it keeps that relationship. And then it's like, yes, if she gets to the point where she's like trying to do drugs, you're like, okay, hold up. This yeah. is like a whole nother level. You're in trouble. Now. Yeah. Like, but like, that's how yeah, well, I'll tell her like, like, yeah, well, I'll tell her like, if yep. you like, there, there's always a line, you know, like I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm, I'm perfect in this approach, but there's a line where it's like, okay, you cannot do that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get mad at you. I appreciate you telling me, but like, please don't ever do that again. Where I'm sure like, I just want to keep the doors open. You know, I want it to be that if she's ever going through something, if she's ever faced with like a, a horrible decision she has to make, if she mm -hmm. ever has to get in a car with a drunk driver that yep. she can call me and I can come get her and I can help her. And like, that she's not afraid of what the repercussion there is going to be. Well, Going back to what we were talking about last week when you talk to your friends and they give you all this advice you don't really want, right? It's kind of the same thing. Like, if you have a problem or something and you go to your parent and they explode on you or make you feel like you are so, like, silly or, like, why would you ever do that? You never want to go to them again. My mom, I will say, did a really good job at not exploding. It was my dad who exploded. And so she was always the one who would be like, to Lauren's point, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Oh, you guys, in, in middle school, there was this game going around that, like, you would push on each other's chest and the person would pass out for, like, 25 seconds. <laughs> like, oh, it was called the airplane game. Like, it was really bad. And... Me and our other friend, Allie, never actually participated, but we were always at the parties that they did it. And I remember I would go home and tell my mom, and I think the reason I never participated is because she was like, 
You're going to be at parties in your life with bad choices. You are in control to make the right choice. And you made the right choice. And do it again. Because to be cool for 20 seconds is way worse than to have these long-term repercussions that these kids are having And how this awesome game. is it that you felt comfortable talking to her yeah. about that? So you got that advice. Like, you wouldn't have gotten that advice if and you just said, hey, mom, I went to a party. And she was like... You went to a party? Yeah, what? and every time in high school, like, and I was so open with my grandma, too. Like, I'll never forget. It was after a dance in high school, and my grandma and my mom picked up five drunk girls, hmm. and we all shoved into my grandmother's trunk, mm-hmm. and my mom was in the passenger seat. But they all seat. got home safe. And everybody got home safe, and it just what it's going to happen. And that's kind of what my mom would say. She's like, this is going to happen. So I would rather you be honest and upfront with me so I can help you be responsible about it than try to prevent you from doing it. Because you're in high school, you're going to drink. And unfortunately, if I'm sitting here like laying the hammer on you, you're just going to do it behind my back and then you're going to do it unsafely. My mom never really laid the hammer on me because I, I was the same way. Like I just didn't do. I just didn't do anything bad. I remember there's a story my mom tells everybody. Like it was a Halloween night. I think I was in like eighth grade where – all the girls were, that I was out with were drinking. And I was supposed to sleep out at one of my friends' house. And I ended up just telling that mom's that mom like that I wanted to go home. And I went home to my mom and I said, like, they're all drunk. Like, they're pretending that they're not in front of the, their parents and they're just going to continue drinking in the bedroom. And I just, for some reason, like, I remember when I was young, young, like maybe in second grade, like I got caught in a lie. And my mom was so disappointed in me. And I just remember being like, this is the feeling I never want to feel again. The I'm not mad, I'm disappointed is the worst statement I think my mom has ever said to me. Yeah. And that's really what like kept me in line to yep, be like, I'm just going to be honest because I would rather you be on my side with my yep, bad decision yep. than be against me and I'm making the same decision. Yep. And I'm obviously not a parent yet, but like if, yeah. if you have that good foundation and that relationship with your kid, like you can at least see, are they headed down the right path or the wrong path? Like, obviously, you have to change your method if if they're just walking all over you being like, hey, mom, did drugs today? Hey, mom, did – you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But, like, like it's, it's, it depends on this. It's so situational. And, like, if and there are certain things that it's like, is it worth, like, having – They come home from middle school, pour two tequila shots. <laughs> they're like, go, mom. Like, it, it really cir- is circumstantial. And it's yeah. like – it's. I feel like it's starting that – like, taking that route, it's like it is – it's definitely, like, a better, like, yeah. like outcome than – totally. So I did want to ask, like, so back to the whole, like, our, you know, our parents, none of our parents, we said had a sex talk with us. Will you have a sex talk with your kids? Yeah. What will you say? I I don't know what I will exactly say yet, but I think there has to be some something around like protecting your space and like when you're ready for it and like you're it's gonna happen like I don't want to have any sort of talk of like it, it should never happen it shouldn't are happen you gonna when- tell them what like before that even like what happens like are you no. gonna be the person to introduce sex well, I mean I off, do you know what this is I mean I don't even know right. when you like so and and I don't know when you when you say that you know because if Ava was to ask me today how babies are made, I would make up a lie right now. Like, I'm not going to tell her she's six. And so, like, when will I be able to tell her what, what the truth is? Like, probably middle school, you know, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And – but I think there has to be an honest conversation around it somewhere. And, like, I also think there has to be a conversation around, like, it's going to happen. And, and you're going to do it. And, like, you need to protect your space and when you're ready for it and not to get pressured into it. And that when you are ready for it, like, there's consequences 
to it. Like, you know, like I, I think there has to, I don't think anyone ever, and you know, I don't think anyone ever really talked to me about that outside of like a health class or Degrassi or like, so Degrassi you know, literally, what do you think the impact or importance is of that conversation coming from a mother or father or parent? To protect yourself. I think that you should know, like, not that I would say I was ever, that's actually not true. I feel like at a younger age, I was like, not pressured into sex by any means, but like, Pre- you you feel pressured into things. You feel pressured that you need to have your first kiss. You have to have your first makeout. You have to have your first makeout with tongue. Like there's all these like things that everybody starts talking about, and you're like, well, I want to be cool, and I want to do these things, and I feel like I wanted to be cool for a really long time. Like I wanted to do those things, and I think like having the conversation around like it's you you don't have to, and nobody really cares. Everybody's really worried about themselves, and the impact I feel like it would have from having that conversation with my mom or even dad, right, is I can trust them if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always what I would want to carry to my kids. I have is like, chills that you just said that. I never, ever thought of it like that. Because, like, it, to Lauren's point, it's going to happen. All of the steps are going to happen. You could literally try to prevent it till you're blue in the face and it's not going to be prevented. But, like... Being able, I would say, like, what I would want to establish with future children is a foundation, is, is a foundation yeah. and a trust that, like, and this is in every part of life, not just a sex talk, but drinking, everything is that if something is wrong, tell me. I'm not upset. I want you and all of your friends to be safe. I have your back. Like, as your I mom. I have your back. As your mom, as your person in your life, I have your back. And like you're saying, like, if something does go wrong, I want us to go through it together. I want to help mm-hmm. you. And I think, like... There's I've also, been there. There's an aspect of it, too. Like, you don't want to deny, like, and, and I don't know where the appropriate line of it is. Like, I'm never going to be like, oh, my God, it's so much fun to make out with someone, like, to my kid, <laughs> to you know. To ten-year-old. Yeah, but, like, but like, like no. at, at the same time, it's like, you don't want to, like, scare them away from any of this either. You don't want them to think it's like. I was I scared. I, my mom yeah. told me this. I'll never forget this. And I, I probably will actually say this to Jagger because it impacted me so much. Um, I'll never forget my mom said. And this wasn't a sex talk because I never got that. But, like, it was somehow it was just kind of, like, slyly said, like, in a conversation. And she just said, like, I don't know. Like, and maybe she was talking about one of my friends or something. Like, I don't know. But, like, when you have sex, like, that's it. Like, you can't go back. Your body was not ready to have sex. Like, your body's not ready to have sex when you, you know, you, you just, you mentally don't I almost, know. Like, I, I almost, like, ah! I don't know. Like, I feel like that's, but I feel like that's almost like scary, you know? It like, was. I almost, I, I almost disagree with it, you know, because I feel like there should be, there should be a balance. And it's like, yeah. you're yeah. not, listen, like, you're probably not ready at 13, 14, 15, 16. You're never really ready for it. Whenever you ha- also, the first time I feel you like ever, I'm still not ready. yeah, the first time you have sex, you're never ready for it. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're, yeah. you're never literally re- are, I'm literally still not ready. But you know what I mean? So it's like, but there has to be an element of like, I don't want her to be, or him to be afraid of it. I think the other conversation is we're talking about girls because Jagger and Ava are girls, but Mm. you also want to talk to a boy around like, hey, if they're not ready for it, like, 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 yeah, back Mm -hmm. off. And like, don't you dare pressure someone. Don't you pressure someone. Don't you dare push a boundary. Don't you make someone feel uncomfortable. And here's the signs. Here's from a woman's perspective, from your mom's perspective. Here's the signs of what a girl feeling uncomfortable. Here's the things they say when they're uncomfortable. But to play devil's advocate, because I feel like this isn't talked about a lot, is 
boys should also feel that same sense of security. Yeah, yeah. If you're not ready or a girl is pressuring you, Mm -hmm. here are X, Y, and Z signs. Yeah, that's not even devil's advocate. That's just the other other flip of the coin. Like, it's that, I feel like, I just feel like it's a whole trust thing. Like, at the end of the day, it's going to happen when it happens. And no, you're not ready for it. Your parents aren't ready. Nobody's ready for it. Oh, I think the thing (laughs) I was going to say about, like, what my mom had said, I remember her saying, like, if you're not in love with somebody then your body isn't ready for it. Like, she was, like, almost like my body would reject it. Like, like <laughs> well, so I, something, like, I think I will say, so we have rejected <laughs> That's men. another thing. That, that, yeah, legit. That's another thing, though, I feel, like, really scared me before right. ever doing it is that I only felt like this was something you did with someone you loved. Uh, yeah. So then I convinced myself I was in love with this <laughs> right. first oh, person I was with, and I absolutely was not. Yeah. In I was absolutely not. And I yeah. was, like... Okay, this is now I'm confused on what love is. Yeah, it's and, huge. And and because my parents said you only do this with the person you love. Oh, really, mom, dad? Did you only do this with each other? Yeah. You're so in love. No, <laughs> like this is this is such a thing that just happened. So yep. giving them and to Lauren's point again, like that safe space to come and talk to totally. me about it and be like, I am your advocate. Like the person you do it with probably is not your advocate Mm -hmm. i am though come talk how did it feel did you hate it like were you uncomfortable like i don't know let's work i not that i want to hear about it but like let's i want you to talk to me other than hold it harbor it and of course and and i never had to talk to my parents either but i have a sister who's seven years younger than me and i feel like there's so much pressure like lauren you said like first kiss first make out first everything like but like she was going through something where like a lot of her friends were like all losing their virginities and it was like a thing like and it was like all these girls were like I just want to lose my virginity and all this stuff and I remember being like talking to my little sister because I never had the talk with my parents and I'm like I know you're not getting this talk anytime soon so I talked to her and I'm just like you do not need to lose your virginity like I and and I was like there's I have friends that lost their virginity at 24 years old 23 years old in college or whatever like it doesn't matter and I'm like you but any it doesn't make you any better or less of a person yes and I think in your what you're like in this whole thing is like with social media now it's like that is what people they pride themselves off of being sexy and wanted wanted. and it's I wanted to get it over with so bad the first the first time and I was like and I knew I for some reason in my brain I, I felt like I was so mature that I knew the story of like you know the person you the first person you have sex with rarely is the person you stay with and like yeah. you know they just break your heart and they make you feel this and they make you feel that i wanted to get it over with so so bad i was yeah. like i want to do this with someone i don't know i want to rip the band-aid off i i don't want anything totally. to do with this story wow. and, and i did and i, and I think like <laughs> me having this conversation with her because she was not in a relationship and then she was in a relationship and i'm like if you think he's a good person and you feel like like you're in love with him and he respects you and like you want to make you want to take this next step for yourself not for anybody else but yourself like then you're ready like and and that's totally fine but like don't feel like you have to if you're not ready like it's it's totally on your own terms I like what you just said more about the respect than the love and I I don't mean to like take it away from the love because I know I've done this now twice but like I do think there's value in like telling our children sons daughters it's a respect thing like you don't have to be in love this isn't gonna be like because it confuses because it confu- because then I got to a point and I will say like from experience I got to a point where I didn't even know what love was anymore I was like oh I want to have sex with this person I love them 
I didn't yeah. love them. Yeah. I I did not love <laughs> any of you. Like, do you hear that? Do you hear that? So, like, it's a respect thing. If you and the partner come together and you mutually decide, like, this is something we want to try out together and experience together and we have respect for each other, go for it. Yeah. I, like, you both have to it want do- it. I feel like my parents, I will say the one thing about my parents is, and my dad specifically, because he's very, very religious, is he pushed the love thing a lot. And I think it just made me very confused. And I just didn't know. At that point, I had no idea what love was. I just remember being in high school and everybody was just like, oh, like my body count is this and that and this and that. And like, it it was very confusing to somebody was, that were they didn't bragging have, about Were they bragging com- about yes. body? Girls was, and boys? Both? It was weird. Wait, yes. Mackenzie, I will say I totally agree with you. Okay. I... It was a competitive thing, and that's why it made me feel like I had to – because I personally didn't, like, do anything until I was a senior. I was very late on on compared to everybody else. And I always felt like, oh, am I not pretty enough? Am I not hot enough? Does nobody want me? Am I not cool enough? And then it was almost like, okay, I'm in love with this person because my dad said I have to be in love to have sex, and I want to have sex, and so we're going to do it. And then I was like, did it, and I'm like – what's your name again no i'm just kidding (laughs) like i'm not in love with you and that's where i i personally really got confused even with your friends like i think about you guys and like we're all friends and i want i all everyone wants each other to be safe and do things and have fun but like i'm gonna tell you my concerns and then you're gonna do them anyway kind of like like a friend situation so i i you know there are some things that i want to talk to you guys about the whole friend aspect you know like we have, and this is really switching gears, but there's a lot to unpack here. So I just can't. Now I'm gonna think of you every time I say it's that. It's a really great phrase. It's a great. And phrase. to give the I've audience said it many times, I to just, give the audience a little context here. So I do recruiting, and one time I got a really bad um, glass door review from a candidate because I kept asking them to unpack certain backgrounds and experiences, <laughs> no. and they were with Jagger. <laughs> they were very like no, they did not like that phrase, and it was like Christina just kept telling me to unpack that. What does that even mean? So. Oh I God, now I want to use that in my. I interviews. personally say that all the time. I think it's a very like, yeah. it's a it's a good way unpack to get. It. It's it a good way to unpack it. it, and and I don't really care. But I was telling Mackenzie this before. I'm like, if you need to know more, unpack it. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, here we are. Let's unpack. Let's unpack. <laughs> let's unpack. So, Christina, act, that's so weird that I just called her Christina. <laughs> so, Christina, Did you, you call Christina. her Christina Lawrence sometimes? No, Every, when she's mad. Oh. No, just sometimes when I'm talking, I'm like, Christina. Like, <laughs> yeah, saucy. Man. Okay, so when I'm mad. So go on, Mackenzie. Tina moved to California. Yes. So now we have a long-distance relationship. Yes. <laughs> I used to live in California. I had a long-distance relationship with Dan. That just that was just not a good idea. I did one with um, Eddie for six months, and Lauren knows that was not a good idea. And now Tina lives in California. Okay. <laughs> so Tina lives in California, and I want to talk about the friendship aspect. I feel like we haven't really, like, unpacked that. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I mean, like, what was it like for the three of us, not Tina, who live on the East Coast? Like, what was that like for us to have Tina move? So coming from the person who lived with Tina. <laughs> um, I hey, think- I lived with her in Italy, okay? <laughs> and so- now I stay here more than at my mom's. Okay, mom's- so, <laughs> all right, from the second best person who's lived with Tina in the room. Um, no, I lived with Tina for almost three years. I moved from North Carolina to Boston with Tina, and I moved in with her and a couple other people, and we moved into our own place. And so it was, I think, like two and a half or three years we, we, we lived were, together. I think we were in Somerville for like two, two years. years. And then we were in Brighton for like 
almost a, a year. year. No, yeah. no, no. We are there from June to February. Okay. So so not too long. Not as long as I as as I thought. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I would say so it was definitely like I, I saw it coming. Like yeah. her and Eddie had been dating for a really long time and Eddie had moved to California. And I feel like I, I figured there was a really good possibility that Tina was going to move to California. And so we had signed a lease. And so luckily for us, our landlord never re-signed our lease. Yeah. So we were like accidentally living month to month. And so she yeah yeah (laughs) it was it was the perfect storm and so our landlord forgot to sign our lease with us again and we had just been living there and and paying him and so she had said like i you know i saw it coming i you know we're best friends and i she said she was gonna move there i don't even remember really how it happened i think we were just like it was after a wedding my cousin got married and eddie had left again to go back home and i remember i came home and i was distraught and i made the decision i was like this is just stupid i texted Lauren because I was too afraid to tell her face to face because I just like couldn't I, I was gonna cry that. like I, I texted her I at work I do remember that it was a work day I got yeah. a text from and you I was like work. hey I we can talk about this more later I was like but I just want to break the ice pretty much and I'm moving to California so the minute we like let's figure out the lease and and the moving situations and I, I'll give you as much time like, yeah I wasn't, the, the best part about it was that Tina was like I want this to work for you. Like, yeah. I'm going to move to California, but, like, let's make sure the agenda works for you because you're the one who's going to be here and, and have to figure it out. So now how does your relationship prosper? I feel like it's changed in a lot of different yeah, ways. You know, it? I feel like it's yeah. – I feel like there's a lot of pluses to it, but it's hard. You know, it's hard as adults to stay in touch every single day. We were the type of friends who – we were talking on LinkedIn, we were talking on Snapchat, we were texting, and then we were coming home to live together. So we couldn't have been more intertwined with each other. Like, there couldn't have been another form that we were talking on. We were almost so close that we were, like, sisters. Yeah, definitely. Which comes with its own, like, set of challenges and and And, a friendship and the whole thing. And so then she had moved. And I think, like, at first, when you had moved, there was – definitely stuff you were going through when you moved in the beginning and I was going through my own stuff I had moved in with my boyfriend of literally two months at the time so like you're going through your own ups and downs of moving across the country moving in with your your whole story and then I was also dealing with my whole thing so while we're also trying to like remain friends and like figure out what this like new normal was yeah like nobody so no one was mad at each other like I was never mad at Tina for moving I saw it coming I had once lived with a friend and moved away and that friend got really mad at me for moving away. And I, I would never, ever get mad at somebody for doing that. We all have our own lives and our own paths. And I would never be mad at someone for doing that. So I would have never reacted that way anyways. So we, I feel like for a while we were really close and still talking every day. But I just feel like as she's California versus Boston. That's a three-hour time difference. I wouldn't say we've grown apart at all. But I well, would say there's an aspect of, like, you're growing up and you're not. We've grown differently. So I, then I... Like, not separate, but we our relationship has grown differently. We're on you are living with Jeff and you just bought a home and you have a six year old. Yeah. I live with my boyfriend and a roommate <laughs> who's our other best friend and we live in a very like party party town. Like our lives are just they very, just, they very be more different right now. Contrast. Well then yeah. I was gonna say like for me to fit in with that, like I became a, a like a full blown mom to a newborn and the whole thing and I tell you a joke about 
all of you guys and every one of my friends listening knows I just became the worst texter known to man. Like, I will see your text, forget about them or want to reply or don't open. Like, like it's so it's really hard. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, like, but I'll say, like, the best thing I the best thing is that I don't think anybody resents it, you know, like and, and we may we all probably have our own feelings about like what goes on and like how all of our friendships have changed and everything. But I don't think anybody's resentful and I think the best thing is like here we all are tonight together and it's like it's not like you live across the country. It's not like you didn't text me back the last two times I texted you. <laughs> I'm so it's, you sorry. know what I mean? <laughs> but you're not holding grudges. Yeah, okay. but nobody's you really, resentful. <laughs> you really do pick up where, right you, where left you left off. off. Yeah. So I feel like where Do you think that's the that's the deciding factor of if a friend really no. should stay in your life? No, no. Because I have a friend who lives in North Carolina. She's one of my best, best friends. I talk to her more than anybody. I talk to her so, so frequently. And so that is a type of friend. That's just our friendship right now, though. You know, like there's no. What I mean is, is when you see her, if you can pick up, oh, if you can pick up where you left off. Those are the people you want to. Keep I don't around, even. I, I don't even like. know if I. Yeah, yeah. So I would say yeah because like, I feel like you, it, you can like there's six of us right in this in this friend group from college and like it's easy. So I go through phases where sometimes I'm closer with some of you than others and and you know sometimes I'm close with none of you for a couple of months and mm-hmm. but I do feel like when we're all back together it it is like nothing's changed. It is like we're all just back together regardless of what's happened. Right. And I will say the when I moved it was it was very easy to latch on to all of you as like a comfort, right? Like I had moved and I had Allie who's our other best friend whatever but I will say like my relationship with Lauren I felt a lot of pressure of it was always changing because we lived together we talked together we worked together at the restaurant like we were literally 40 plus hours a week together we were with each other more than that because when we weren't with each other we were talking yeah we were with each other from like for every second of the day, the way that you're with a sibling, like when you're yeah. growing up and you live with your There's siblings so many times, even when we all went to Temecula, I was saying to you guys earlier, it's so easy for me to feel left out right now because three of you live in San Diego together and the two of you live in Connecticut. And I live pretty far enough away in Boston where it's not easy for me to get here. Yeah. I live on, on the North Shore of Boston, so it's not easy for me to get here. So I don't get to just like swing by, you know, I don't get to like make a a quick dinner plan or anything like that. So there was that element that added like layer on top of it for me. So you're kind of like the lone one. Yeah. So I, and so it made me feel not like insecure, but I guess that's the only way I can describe it. Like an insecurity around like, okay, I'm not talking to my A1 number one every day Mm -hmm. anymore. So like, I don't have my, basically like my, my co-partner, I don't talk to her every single day. And then all my friends are doing things with each other without me. And I would always have to take a step back and be like, it's not about me. You know, it's a, it's a location situation. It's not that anyone loves me less. How did you process that in the moment though? I'm still processing it. I was going to (laughs) say, so bringing this back to how relationships evolve, this is such a good example of that, right? It's like, your relationship evolved with me, your relationship evolved with Emily, who's in Massachusetts more than anybody now, and your relationship has evolved with everybody in this friend group. So it's kind of like, how did you start to, and to Mackenzie's point, I guess, like process that or think yeah. about the evolution of that and, and bringing that back to it's not maybe, a, it's, a, it's a life thing. When we lived in Boston, everybody came to visit us yeah. all the time. So that was the other part that evolved where... That was hard for everybody. No, process, Yeah, nobody's <laughs> nobody's coming to visit anymore. Everyone lives in different places. We're all different points in our lives. So like that was like, there's so many layers to this that like that evolved with us. Are you able to 
compartmentalize your friendships now like because because there are people listening to this that became friends with people through people like just for instance all of us have significant others and you're probably friends with somebody because of your significant other but if you broke up would you still be friends well so that's the other layer to this friendship is that of the six girls four of the girls three of the girls three of the girls half the girls date boys in the friend group who I'm just or had been just as close with you know like some of those boyfriends Eddie for example is like a brother to me are like Sunday me you Eddie Sunday football couch naps like there's what what beats that you know like nothing there's like you know like Sean and and Seti and stuff like those are people and I feel like Dan's been a part of this group Mm -hmm. the whole time and like I just met Ali's boyfriend but love him so but there's like there's that next level too where I haven't even met Ali's boyfriend and he seems like I feel like yeah yeah so like I feel like with with all of there's just so many layers to it right and I do feel like it's hard to compartmentalize because it's hard for me like also my life is on this like sped up track with Jeff and Ava and stuff so there's like that whole other element to it it's like there's so many layers to it I do have to like constantly take a step back and like think about it and be like just because you didn't call me today doesn't mean that you're not my friend anymore. And just because you didn't answer me doesn't mean you're not my friend anymore. And just because you were in Massachusetts and I didn't see you doesn't mean you're not my friend anymore. And so, so like I those, have, I can't take it personally. We're all, I think that's like the biggest takeaway is like, I can't take those things you, personally. Do you remember? So when Eddie first moved to California, I was obviously a disaster, right? He picked up, he left, whatever. And Lauren gave me a book. The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. And for anybody, everybody listening, it's really something that you should listen to. And it really puts so much perspective into life. And it's 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 this little, it's probably like a 150-page book. Really book. big font. Like, you're not sitting there, like, really reading a lot. But it's all about the four agreements of life. And like one is don't take things personally. One is be the best be the best version of yourself. I don't um, even the only one that ever stands out to me is don't take th- yeah, don't take things because personally. It's like people do things and and honestly, I don't mean to be the person who keeps saying this ties back to this, but <laughs> this <laughs> genuinely this genuinely that. really ties back to what we were talking about at first with our parents and arguing and all that stuff like it's not the way people react and their behaviors are not a reflection of all of us. It's a reflection of them. And it's like when you sit back and you think about that and it's like, okay, Lauren could say, Tina didn't call me today because she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. And it's so easy to fall in that hole, right? But if you sit back and you're like, Tina didn't call me today because she works east coast hour or also, west coast hour my friend because Mackenzie likes me and Mackenzie's my like, exactly Mackenzie's yeah. my friend because we've now for three years it's not like this is a 20-day thing no. like for three years we built a friendship and she has a baby that's why she didn't text me back like it's so easy to fall into this oh it's because of me but if you sit back and you're like it's not and and they have things going on and and assume good intent you're really really gonna walk away and see honestly everybody I- a really good it's a really good read and Lauren gave it to me and I remember reading it on the train to work and I cried in the pages because you just made it just made such an impact you said something or you said something earlier and it was and I literally thought of the book and I was like that's total because we've talked about this book before a lot so someone who and not my boyfriend someone I met a while ago who's also sober told me to read this book and it's an another girl I know who's going is sober you know like has also 
asked, told me to read the book. And she's my like nutritionist, my personal trainer, like all this stuff. She's told me to read the book. And it's a big thing within the sober community. And I think it, it puts a lot into, in, into perspective. And I think like another thing that came out of that book for me was to be focusing on the positives. Like yep. Emily and Sean came drove up a full hour from their house to so while I'm feeling all these feelings right like I'm, I'm like oh my god everyone hates me I'm all my friends my best friends you know I, obviously it's dramatic but I have Emily and Sean driving up an hour just to come check out my new house and come grab chicken wings at a pub down the street and like you have to latch on to the positive things you have to latch on to the things like that are people going out of their way to show you they love you and they care about you and and, and those are the I things wanted, like and rather the little than the little man. things like the little negative things or the little things like maybe you didn't text me back because you had a bad day like maybe you didn't text me back because Jagger threw up somewhere. You, you know what I mean? Like on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody gives me shit about that. But I, just, I, I do think you so have to hard. you have to take yourself out of it because like we're all living in our own lives. We're all living in our own lanes, and yeah. it is it's really really hard to keep up with every single aspect of things all the time. And it's not always on busy you. People. It's it's on you know it's it's we everyone's dealing busy. with their own. Stuff. I think it's hard because one of the things I you know I've lost friendships in my life and. I'm not the type of person that could throw away a friendship. I'm like a, I'll drift if I really want to, but I won't throw away like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I don't even know how to drift. If I wanted to drift, I don't even know how I, to drift. So the thing was, I, <laughs> I am I've so had, opposite of that though. I've had people that have like cut off a relationship and I think it's so odd. And I've done that. And I think it's so weird because it's like, you were friends with me for a reason. You apparently knew me. You wanted to be my friend. You you were there for me. Like, all those things. Like, and now all of a sudden that's gone? Like, what? But I... This doesn't make any sense. So the only thing I will say to that is because I have been... I have, like lost a lot of friendships in my life I just have and it could be a me thing it could be a friend thing I don't really know but I like am not friends with a lot of my high school friends or like some people from college and I think I got to a point in life where it was like what that friendship was bringing me was no longer positive or what it and was built on. and yes what it was built, what on, it was built too. on too like and oh, I love you I love right. you as a person right and and Mackenzie to your point you are such a good friend that like I genuinely and all of you both Lauren and Emily in this room both of you all three of you could never do something to me that would make me can't not be that. your yeah. friend but there are people in this world to Lauren's point like what the friendship was built on mm-hmm. and where it came from it's it was no longer serving me and I knew it okay. would never yeah, serve totally. me. And, and you have to look at all of your friendships and like when you get to a point in your life where you're like, things are hectic, you have a, you have a full-time job, you're busy, you have a lot going on. Like, do, like is this friendship adding value to me? Like, like I've had friendships too where like I've, I've faded. It's not like I've ever had like blown out fights that have like dramatically ended my relationships with people. But like I've had friendships that it's like, I look at our friendship and all I do is like negative things around you. Like we, we sit here and we're negative. We, this doesn't bring out any good qualities yeah. in myself. Like I look back and I'm like, I just sat there and shit talk people for an hour with you. I, and feel this, like, I will I never forget. Myself, like, I remember there was a, I was on a girl trip one time and I remember being like, um, talking to somebody and I, and they were like, Oh, I want to own a yacht one day. And I replied and I was like, Oh no. Like, I want to, I would love to invest, no, she said, I, I would love to invest in a yacht one day. And I rebuttaled and I just like conversated and I said, I would, conversation, a conversation. <laughs> so yeah. I said, 
Um, oh, I would love to invest in like my backyard, like a pool and a hot tub. And she literally looked at me and goes, Mackenzie, don't you realize that you argue with everyone about everything? And I was like, we were on a trip. And I, I remember being like, do you not know me? Like, what are you talking about? And then that ended our friendship. Are that was you? it. That and was also, it. like, you are le- the thing that people do not understand anymore is you are allowed to disagree with other people. Weird. End of story. Like, and then it, it made me think. The book. Now, I Googled because I, me and we were forgetting the four agreements. So the four agreements are be impeccable, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally, and don't don't make assumptions, and always do your best. Okay. And it's a chapter. It's a chapter. The four each. agreements. I'm gonna send it to both of you. We're so gonna each, link it on the podcast. Yeah. But so each of those agreements is its own chapter, and it walks you through. It could it could feel like there's a little bit about the book that feels almost like a little. There's like a little bit of like godly to it and you kind of have to read past it but i think you need that almost to like think that it to to get into it yeah not like in christianity but the way that people in self-help books spiritually yeah like god and the universe and a greater good like that's there's definitely that aspect to it and so if that's not something you're comfortable with you should still read it and get and get past that aspect of it i think the biggest chapter is the don't take things personally right like i feel like it changed a lot of when I am feeling insecure, when I am feeling anxieties, it just makes me kind of view it differently. It makes me take a step back. Before we end this this episode, because I want to end it here, because I think we talked about a lot and I want everybody to process this. Can we do a round of Never Have I Ever? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Tina, why don't you start us off? Oh. <laughs> you were so eager. Um. Oh, <laughs> brother. Um. Never have, Never I, ever have I ever bought a house. Oh, okay. I'm down. <laughs> down. Emily, you're, Lauren, up you're next. Up. <laughs> Lauren, you're next. Lauren, you're up. Okay. Um, Never have I ever had my own baby out of my own body. Ooh. That's targeted. That's targeted. I so just was targeted. the buy the house thing. Never have I ever, ever, <laughs> never have I ever had my nipples pierced. <laughs> targeted. A, a silent finger down for this girl. Never have I ever been fired from a job. Oh, that's a good one. I have. Have you, Mackenzie? No. I've never have. Have You, you said you never have. I have. What job? I worked at a deli, and I got the <laughs> flu, and the guy was freaking pissed that I couldn't yeah. come in, and I legit had the flu. Talk, back to our point so we were talking about this this morning. <laughs> like, I literally would have gave everybody I made a turkey cheese sandwich. I worked at a deli. Like, yeah. you would have all had the flu, and, I, and he was so mad, and he fired me. Oh. <sighs> Yeah. I quit a job after one day. Firehouse Deli, Fairfield, Connecticut. Oh! All that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they didn't let sick people work. I was fired for not coming. Yeah. But does but, anyone have another spicy um, one? Oh God. Never have I ever been married. What? Because Never have I spicy. ever done butt stuff. I have never. My finger's down. <gasps> Lauren! Lauren's out. Lauren's Christina out. acts so surprised. <laughs> I'm not, really. I, we said we lived together for a long time. Also, we've had this conversation so many times. I would not. I, I have. Hashtag butt stuff. You've done butt stuff <laughs> with Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> 
Haven't you heard about me and Lauren? No? Okay. All right. So next week's podcast, Lauren and Emily. We're going to dive deep about butt stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. We're and that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for today's show, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you go to your Apple Podcast app, which is the Purple Podcast app on your iPhones. Give us a five-star rating. You can also do the same on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Make sure you head to Instagram and follow us at the 20-something mom. Love you guys so much. Thanks so much for joining. We'll see you next week. Bye.